So we've all been around somebody who claims to have like paranormal superpowers, right? For instance, my wife and I and our kids, we are very big on going into new spaces and being like, what's up spirits that exist here? And we'll chat them up, you know? And I might be like, hey, we're cool. We don't eat too much bread, so we won't be clogging up the toilets. So uh, we'll just be in and out. You won't even know you had guests. What has never happened is they have never replied to us. And I shudder to think what would happen if I asked a room, if I was like, hey, do you like waffles? And out of nowhere, a voice was like, no, actually, I prefer pancakes. But there are people who do this for a living. They're called mediums. They talk to the dead, and the dead talk back to them. Lynn Swain is one of them. I'm Woodkar Shambhutkar, and this is Close to Death. In this series, I'm talking to writers, journalists, and comedians who've all spent time with people who work in the death industry. Today, Jordan Fisher is going to talk to us about talking to dead people. Jordan is a stand-up comedian from North Carolina who's written for The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and performed in clubs and festivals all over the country. And I want to know, do you talk to dead people? Typically, nah. That's not my bag. I'm not really talking to dead people on the regular Utkarsh. But (laughs) (laughs) when I was 19, I actually lost my best friend. He was basically a family member. And um, not too long after he died, I remember he actually came to me in a dream and we hung out. You know, we laughed. And it just felt like he was kind of telling me, like, hey, bro, like, I'm good. Like, yeah, live your life with happiness. I lost my best friend, too, a little bit later than you. But, yeah, he's visited me in dreams joyful dreams many, many times. And I'm not going to lie, I always wish that I could actually talk to him. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you must have thought about it. Would you ever talk to somebody who's passed on to the other side? I don't know if I would talk to people that I know that I've passed on to the other side, because I kind of feel like, let them rest. Enjoy paradise, if that's a thing. All I'm saying is, <laughs> there's a lot of unknowns here. And as a human being a very curious one at that. I just really want to know if it's possible. So I told Utkarsh I'd do it. I'll go talk to a medium and see what it's all about. There's actually this lady in my hometown who gets messages, but there's a problem. She's also a witch. I know everybody's all witch-positive now and into burning spices or sage around their house or whatever, but growing up in a black Christian household, things were pretty anti-witch. In the 90s, the Harry Potter series was the number one thing, and I remember asking my parents if I could get the books. And they both sat me down and gave me the talk. Specifically, the talk about what black magic is, what witchcraft entails, and how I couldn't read Sorcerer's Stone. So I better get acquainted with the Hardy Boys. But also, all the stories they told me about black magic and witchcraft, it freaked me out. So I stayed away from it. But the thing is, I've never really looked into all this for myself. Like, am I scared of witches, or am I just scared of the stories my parents told me about them? I've lived my life in fear for so long of what this could be. It's like, why not see if it's all that bad? So, 
while I look into mediums for Utkarsh, maybe I'll figure out this witch business at the same time. Okay, so right now I'm heading into Lynn's shop here in Hillsborough, North Carolina. It's not too far from where I grew up, and it's this place called Magic on 70. And honestly, I feel really conflicted about even meeting with Lynn. I mean, what if my parents find out? If my dad or family knew I was here right now, they'd probably body slam me into a bathtub full of holy water. All right, here we go. Seeing her shop in person is kind of cute. It's got this Starbucks-y kind of vibe inside, except it smells like sage instead of coffee. And there's a bookshelf full of books on witchcraft, along with some tarot cards and candles. And she's got these tables set up with crystals that look like the ones at the Natural Science Center I played with growing up, so that's inviting. Lynn's pretty unassuming. She's wearing this flowy shawl and this big dangly jewelry. She looks like someone who would call herself a hugger, then give you a dish of baked goods. But if I were a witch looking to cause trouble, I wouldn't be that obvious about it either. So I started with an easy question. Okay, so how do you how do you get the title of a witch? You know, is that something that you can actually put down like on your tax returns? Is is that like how, how does that work? So there is no other for witch when yeah. you click other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trust me, I've been waiting for it to come. Right. So. My nanny was from Romania. Uh, I was born in Jersey, raised in the UK, and then back here. And witches are normal, way more normal in Europe. And before it got trendy, like on things like TikTok and Instagram and all that, um, people identify as a witch. It's growing up, learning how to use oils and herbs, really honoring nature, not really worshiping one deity, Mm -hmm. in my case, Um, just honoring everything that's positive. What kind of spells do you cast generally? And do you ever cast spells? I do cast spells. Now? A spell to me is uh, a prayer or an intention. Okay. She uses things like candles, incense, and herbs. Because I have a cauldron, and I have my brooms, and I have my wands, and I... You have wands? Yes, I do have wands, because they're an extension of your arm. When you're throwing out your thoughts, Uh it's an extension of you. It's like a baseball bat. You could use your arm to bat it with your hand. But it's way easier with the bat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got you. Have you ever cast like a an evil spell in the past or for someone or like out of anger or fear or anything? Uh, I did one time. Um, I cast a spell uh, that was not good. Um, I was in my 20s. And I actually felt evil go through me. And that was uh, an epiphany in my whole world of what I didn't want to mess with. It worked? The spell did work, yes. But it was, yeah. Once that happens and you see that it works, did you feel like... Remorse. Remorse, yeah. I felt remorse and that was when I dedicated myself to... I had already studied the occult for like 14 years, mm-hmm. literally, and I was just like, I don't need to keep studying anymore. I need to just do application and be a good mom and help heal my community where I live. Could you fix it? Could you like reverse it by casting like a... a... No. Now see, this is exactly why I don't fuck with all this. I mean, I don't know exactly what happened, But Lynn's being all vague and cagey. 
But I'm not really here for the witchy stuff. I'm here to figure out what it means to be a medium. Lynn says she basically helps people get in touch with relatives and friends on the other side. But how do you even begin doing that? Do you just start hearing voices one day and telling strangers stuff like, hey, your dead grandma has a message for you? Turns out, yes? Yeah, I was uh, like four years old and I heard a man's voice that time. Mm-hmm. I was with Nan and and there was an, a lady probably in her 80s. Um, she had on a gray wool to the ankle type coat. And she was standing there, kind of slouched over. And the voice said, go to her and tell her that her son is not coming back and that it's okay for her to die. It was a very strong, not scary voice, but very clear, very just, you know, undisputable. And I let go of Nanny's hand and I ran over and I told her it was okay for her to go home and die because her son wasn't coming back. And she said to my nanny, who was now next to me, who hit me across the head and said, don't be so bloody cheeky. You know, she was very upset with me for, A, running away from her, and B, speaking to this lady. And the woman said to my nanny, no, she's been a blessing. I've been coming here for two years. My son said he was going to go to Ireland, and I haven't seen him since. And now I know he's not coming back. I could feel that she was really sick. And come to find out she ended up having, it was bone cancer, and she died after that. Okay, so when I was four years old, I was pretending I was the Green Power Ranger and pissing in the bed. But sure, telling someone they're free to die sounds completely normal too. But I am curious, how does that even work? Like, what does talking to dead people feel like? Do you get a chill or do you get goosebumps when they're around? What's the feeling? It's like a weight it it feels like pressure on me. Like I'll literally start coughing sometimes or I'll get like a sharp pain in my chest or my arm will feel like it's just snapped. And it's a quick, but I physically feel it. I also have a thing with smells. I'll say to the people, right. like, did they wear this kind of perfume? Or <laughs> your dad was super heavy smoker, probably non-filters because there's like tobacco all over me right now. You know, it's like your brother still wears Curve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Brute, the green bottle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I have a smell thing go on uh, with the other side. And Lynn told me she comes from this long line of witches back in Europe. Her grandma and her mom are gifted, too, and have passed on this gift to Lynn. My mom, uh, she actually didn't want to be a practitioner, even though she was a hands-on healer, very extraordinary reader. But she actually put me in all-girls Catholic school in the UK. That, that ever freak them out? Because I mean, you, if I'm They a, thought I was evil. Yeah. It was crazy. It, they th- it was crazy to me. You ever just like, I got a confession, Father, I put a spell on you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I would say things to the the nuns, like Sister Thetla, like, don't forget I'm a witch. (laughs) And I would just look at them (laughs) and be like, put your hands out, get the ruler. (laughs) Okay, so we all know in school, some kids are jocks, others are nerds. There's the popular ones, and then there are the kids who eat glue. But where do you fit in if you talk to dead people? So when I was a kid, I used to think everybody could do it. Mm -hmm. Like, and then I realized at school, when I started talking about it, you know, like, 
did you see this or did you hear that? Are you seeing that right there? Right. You know, and they'd be like, what the, f-? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like scary looks. They're like, um, I'm watching Bill Nye the Science <laughs> Guy. I don't know what you're watching right on? now. <laughs> Do you have a standout moment of when you freak somebody out completely with your powers? Many standout moments. Um, What's your favorite? When I tell a woman she's pregnant and she doesn't know she's pregnant yet. Yeah. And they're just like, there's no way. And they're usually Christian and they're like, don't look at me and be talking. My baby isn't ready yet. I'm not pregnant. And then they're like, you're not going to believe this. Yeah. I found that I'm pregnant. My mother doesn't even know. And I'm telling you and I don't know you. So she's part obstetrician and maybe part financial advisor, too. This was four years ago. um, And I said, you need to you need to gamble because I've never seen anybody's anybody's cards like this. Um, and she got up, she went and bought a cash five and she came back the next day into the shop and she said, I won $150,000 last night. Wow. Didn't even give me a tip. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? It's like 10% of that is yours. I mean, you got to get okay, a finder's fee. a freaking burger. Right. <laughs> All right, so... After my granddad died a while ago, about a month after he passed, I got into an Uber. And the guy who picked me up was his mirror image. He was listening to old gospel the same way my granddad did. And he had a fishing cap on the same way my granddad wore one. I mean, me and my granddad would go fishing damn near every day when I was a kid. And it just felt like my granddad was there. Like he was letting me know he was still with me. But when spirits or ghosts get in touch with Lynn... Sometimes things get a bit more physical. It happens even when she's busy talking to the living. Well, I do my cards as a ritual. Like, I'll pull out cards to give me advice for the day and for the end of the day. (coughs) Excuse me. Let me just drink this water real quick. Lynn just out of nowhere starts (coughs) choking. So usually I would say this is a spirit on me right now. (coughs) And I mean... I don't know about this spirit being on her stuff, but come on, Lynn. We all decided coughing in public wasn't cool anymore. I mean, I just thought she had a dry (laughs) throat or needed some water. But turns out some dead guy was just trying to communicate with us. (laughs) Wow. So if I was in a session, that's what happens sometimes when they come through. And I was here in Sandra, and it was weird. Um... So that's that's what happens. Like, I lo- I can't control, like, that weight in my chest. Just like I can't control that I'm coughing right now. So I definitely know that a spirit is on me or wanting to communicate to one of you. And um, I'm not doing it because I'm sitting here in a different setting, right? <clears throat> I kind of just start shaking it off. Like, it's it, it takes over, right? Okay, now I am really sure I don't want Lynn coughing up one of my dead relatives. So, instead of getting her to channel my people, I'll sit in and watch Lynn do her thing with someone else. So I'm about to see Lynn do a session with this girl named Alice. Because of COVID, we're set up on the outside of the shop, and we're on the side of the highway. 
I mean, there's a bunch of cars passing by. It's a nice day, but it's windy. Lynn's flowy clothes are blowing like crazy. Hi, Alice. Alice Alice is here for her session. Alice says she had a similar upbringing to me, but with a very different take on magic. I go to church, like, I love Jesus, but I also own a tarot deck, and I, like, you know, I'm into the... Okay. I do stuff you're not... I mean, I've definitely done stuff Well, I can tell you, this is my take on Jesus. He's a really cool dude, and he did a lot of alchemist-type stuff, but so did, like, you know, the people that follow the Dalai Lama Mm -hmm. and Buddha. They're also very cool people. Yes. So far, meeting Alice, she has this very easygoing energy. She seems open and nice. I wasn't sure how Lynn was going to be able to hear the spirits with all the 18-wheelers passing by, but Lynn's more worried about Alice's vibe getting in the way of the reading. So she hands her a crystal. Do you see that black tourmaline right there? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have you put that on your lap. Okay. And, um, and the reason I picked tourmaline, I'll just tell you now, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, mm-hmm. your, your mind's really flighty. Mm-hmm. Like, your head's all over the place. And um, that will help to ground you so I can read through into you more mm-hmm. of your energy. And it'll help for any people that want to come through. And Lynn has a bunch of different crystals and tarot decks, and she actually chooses a specific one for each person that she does a session with. Alice says that she wants to get in touch with her grandpa, who passed away not too long ago. She's actually wearing this red top that she got from his wife, her grandma, who's still alive. You know, you mentioned your grandmom whose vest you have on. Mm-hmm. She's the matriarch. She wanted She wanted to go first. She couldn't imagine her life without him. Yeah. And they actually had a great sex life. It says <laughs> sexual pleasure for grandma. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Yes. She had five kids and four in six years. Yeah, she was rocking. So <laughs> that's all I'll say. But enough about grandma's love life and more about Alice's. She was just on a date earlier today. So... Can I ask you the first name of your date guy this morning? Dean. Yeah. Don't do Dean. (laughs) No, No, there's another guy coming. So you wouldn't want to, like, invest. Tell me, please. Yeah, so this guy is actually, um, he's got a lot of um, ideas, I'll say. He's got a lot of ideas. Hmm. But he doesn't follow through on a lot. So... And I mean with, like, in life, not just, like, with you, with other things. But it's a really good match. I mean, it's a good fit. But as soon as he comes in, there's another guy coming, and he's an Earth guy, Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn, (laughs) much better suited to you, Hmm. the second one. But I think you're going to have a hard time. You're going to have a hard time choosing between these guys. I would love that problem. (laughs) You will have that problem. But you got to get yourself sorted out first. Oh, God. Okay. Well, in that case, I guess everyone's mom is a medium. My mom's always like, don't worry, you'll meet someone nice. Just iron your t-shirts, wash between your toes, put baby powder on all of your hot spots, and just... Anyways. So here's what we're going to do next. We're going to go to the next... What's wrong with your grandmom's throat? She... (laughs) She has Parkinson's disease. Um, and so she is slowly losing her voice um, and has to do physical therapy to keep her voice. So she needs to be checked out for more than Parkinson's disease with her throat. Okay. 
there's something else going on there too. And it'll help her to speak longer. When, how bad is her voice now? It's not too bad. It's like a little weak, but it's, it's not, she's still quite understandable. She's going to lose her voice. I'm sorry. one thing to tell someone to play the lottery. But this? I don't know. I feel like I'm getting a better idea of why people come to see Lynn. It seems like Lynn can help with questions people are too afraid to ask, or questions there just aren't answers for. And Lynn says she doesn't just hear messages to pass along either. She sort of gets visions of moments and places, too. Whose house is it? Yours or your grandmom's or your mom's, maybe. When you walk in, there's like this credenza table thing, and it's got a one black and white picture on it. Um, it could be my parents' house. Well, it's somebody who's dead. Okay. I mean, the picture is of somebody who's dead. They're not alive. They're trying to communicate to you through the picture. Mm. So is there one specifically that you look at? I actually brought a picture with me um, of my grandparents because I wasn't sure how all this worked. I want you to give me the picture. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's black and white. Yeah. So this is what he wanted. This is what they're talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the picture, and I'm going to ask you to tell me the first thing you see in that picture. They were just really in love. They still are. Yeah. Lynn moves on to a message for an aunt. Does she live near a train track, or did he live near a train? Trains? Yeah, there's yeah, there's a train track in Baton Rouge where she lives. I mean, near the house, though. I hear trains. Hmm. You sure it isn't the 18-wheelers, Lynn? In Jennings? I don't know if there were trains in Jennings. I would have to ask. I mean, I'm sure there was. Well, there's something about the message for your aunt to tell her about the train. Okay. So I don't don't believe it's riding on the train. I think it's hearing the train because I'm hearing a train. I felt the shivers got me. So your aunt (laughs) was around him a lot, too? Yes, very much so. So that's who it is. So he misses her, that Mm. the message is for her. Okay. So give her that message. So what would you like to ask him? Um, I mean, I actually have been, he passed away in 2014, but I've been thinking about him a lot lately, and I just wonder if there's a particular reason why. He's trying to bring you your knight in shining armor. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. legitimately, he used the words, knight in shining armor. I know he did. That's, that, that sounds right. God, you have a cool grandpa. My grandpa didn't give a shit about who I was with. <laughs> who I mean, these would, good people? He would just grill. I just know if any of us had brought a boyfriend home, she, he would have grilled that poor man. The interesting part about watching someone do a session is really just deciding whether or not you want to believe it. Like when she's telling Alice not to date Dean, to me that feels more like a brunch conversation. 
You don't need a dead guy for dating advice. But at one point, Lynn mentioned hearing this train. And I immediately thought of my granddad because he lived right next to a train. Was there a message for me? Maybe Lynn got her spiritual energies crossed. And then when they talked about Alice's grandmother's health, part of me was like, how do you know that? Like, if she really does have these powers and can use them to help people, even if she's just giving people some closure, I don't know what's so wrong about that. Lynn's really good at talking to grieving people, and that has got to be hard to do all day. After Alice returns her vibe-correcting crystals and heads down the highway, I ask Lynn about it. And it is very personal. Mm -hmm. And I never forget a reading. I have a photographic memory. Right. I may never see you for 20 years, but if I see you, it's the eyes. And you're, I never forget the eyes. And it's like when I look in the eyes, I, the cards are mm -hmm. shown to me, or I'll hear what was the big, the main thing of the reading. Right. Because people always say to me, you have such a great memory. I haven't seen you in five years. Right. How could, and I'm like, it's there. It's there. It's kind of in me. It's in my soul, I think. Yeah. That's a lot to carry around. Yeah. That's why I'm a big woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. And for all the gossips out there, Alice did stop seeing Dean and started seeing someone new. The last thing on my mind is, does being in touch with so many dead people, does it make the idea of dying way easier for Lynn? A, I'm not afraid of death. Zero fear of death. You can work out every day or you can drink every day. You're going to go when you go. Yeah. I, I totally believe that. I've yeah. read too many people on, on the other side that have come through that were completely health fanatics. Yeah. Or like, we don't understand. We do we, Maybe you should we had a, we, a little bit. We bought a juicer. I, I used to... You should have had that steak. <laughs> what I'm asking the universe and every deity that might be listening, <laughs> want to cover all bases, um, that when I transition that it's not long in suffering and that I have my mind strong and I can still laugh. That's, a, that's, that's a all I point. want to be able to do. The day I check out, I still want to be able to laugh. Jordan, you made it. Welcome back. Yeah, I, I survived. I, I made it. It was a journey, but uh, an insightful one. Yeah, it was. I mean, um, I really want to go to a medium now. <laughs> I, I'm a little afraid of it, which I blame you for. <laughs> but she seems so at peace and comfortable with her own existence. And I was wondering if, if you got a sense of that. Like, what's it like to be around somebody who's not afraid of death or what comes next? Yeah, you're right, man. You, you picked up on that. And I guess when you spend the majority of your life talking to people that have passed on, you start to get comfortable with the fact that you just have to accept death for what it is. And especially if you believe that you're going to go on to exist in a different form, then it's like, what is there to fear, really? Well, that's a big statement coming from you. What is there to fear? I'm afraid of witches. 
But her, <laughs> that's a different thing. I'm afraid of witches. Like, well, were, were you afraid of her? She may have committed a magical crime. She, she, may, she may need to be locked up in Azkaban. We don't know. We don't. But, but the thing Somebody is, read Harry Potter. I, <laughs> I talked to some friends. They gave me some little, some spark notes. I think the thing that I've left with more than anything is that uh, the peace that she feels about her time on Earth is really special. And the idea that we're going to go when you go, so eat the steak, like jump out the plane, live the life you want to live, because living in fear is essentially useless at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I'm going to need Lynn's phone number. I think I can get that for you. Um, cool. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure she has bronchitis, so we got to get it checked out. <laughs> if you've got unfinished business with a dead guy or want to share one last moment with a ghost, Lynn can help. To learn more, head to quantumsoulgold.com or visit Magic on 70 in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Or stop by Magic Craft Bull City Magic in Durham. This episode was produced by Ali Graham and Jordan Fisher. Our lead producer is Jordan Bailey. Production support from Camille Peterson. I'm your host, Utkar Shambutkar. Sarah Nix is executive editor. Greta Cohn is executive producer. Kessler Childers and Greg Lubin are executive producers for Powder Keg. Our USG audio team includes Josh Block, Jessica Grimshaw, Jennifer Sears, Lauren Rackow, Daniel Welsh, and Craig Bloom. Mixing and sound design by Nocturnal Sound. Production assistance from Greta Weber and Maura Waltz. This is a USG Audio podcast in collaboration with Transmitter Media and Powder Keg. For more information, go to our website, usgaudio.com. Hold up. 